Do you ever lift your head up from your phone, look around, and think to yourself, my God, everything is weird? Well, we do a lot. This is the Observation Station, a unique, entertaining, and hilarious podcast. If we observe it, we talk about it. Anything and everything. Anything and everything. Let's get weird and let's have some fun. This is the Observation Station. And now your host, Tommy Heights. Welcome back. Welcome back. We got the Traveling to Columbia episode here live and ready to go, baby. I mean, you made it. So let's dive right into it. So came back from an 18-day trip in South America. Glad to be back here. Wanted to give my points and takes of what I saw over there. So some of the things that I was noticing is uh, once you go down to a different country, you see how it is that it's just different than how you've been living, say, per se, in a first world country, and you go to a different developing country. So like, you know, maybe AC is not readily available. You have it where the traffic laws are broken every single millisecond, but you take it in stride and say, hey, look, this is a new experience. Let me keep it going here and figure out where I can uh, make the best out of it. So I started December the 5th. Medellin, Colombia. Got there. First thing I wanted to do is just kind of just lay back and check what I needed to do the next following days. Because once you're traveling, even if it's a short flight and whatnot, you just want to lay down because there's so much stress that goes into the security, getting in the plane, dealing with the people in the airport, that once you finally get settled, uh, you feel like you just need to take a nap. So got to Colombia took a, a account of saying, okay, look, this is what I need to do in these following weeks. So woke up, started to go around, figure out what it is that Medellin has to offer. And let me tell you, it has a lot to give, especially when you're coming back from the United States and you're transferring United States dollars to Colombian pesos. You can be amazed at how much actual value you get from the currency conversions. So, Right now, as it stands, 5,000 Colombian pesos is $1. And you could be getting meals if you speak Spanish in the outskirts for like $2.50 or $4 a meal. Over here in Miami, uh, I mean, your lunches can be $30. So, I mean, that's not even a fancy meal. It's a sandwich and a smoothie, and then they want a 25% tip when they flip that iPad. I don't think so. That's not how it's going to work around here. Once you actually go and try the cheap meals and you come back over here and you're like, what? How am I living like this? The hell are they doing? They're charging like 50 bucks for like a couple of things here. And then they need a 20% tip for what? They they literally came with two waters one time and then never came back again. They want that much money. And uh, you get to these these countries. The whole point of it is just to kind of expand your palate of, of how you're thinking in life. Uh, not only the food, but maybe not palate, but... Uh, horizons. You need to make sure that you move forward in your life by trying to explore different corners of the earth to see, okay, what can I take from over here and say, this is a good value over here in this country that I would like to instill into my life. Okay. So you get over there and 
in the United States, everything is go, 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 go. It's like just never stopping, not uh, just not ever having it where you have a time to just sit and relax. Over in Colombia, for instance, they're like always tranquilo, tranquilo, relax, relax, relax. And and really, I feel relaxed actually in the standards. I'm like just saying certain things and saying, oh, no, we need to go over here. Da, 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 da. And, I, and I'm a literally way toned down from the United States. And it's still tranquilo, tranquilo. Everything works on a much slower pace, even in a big city. It's not like what you think about here, like Chicago and New York and L.A., where it's just boom, 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 boom. Over there, it's a different style of living. Also, when you take an Uber over there, really cheap, it could be like 3 $4 when you do Uber. Uh, a main thing that you need to know is watch out for the doors. They're not made the same. The cars are made differently over in Colombia than they are in the United States because they have it where estranjeros or strangers, uh, the people that come into the country when they get in the Uber, they slam the door inevitably because in the United States, you have to actually have a little bit of force when you're closing the door or else it won't lock. Over there, they're made lighter. There's less components in there, and it saves on the economy of the gas with less weight, which is understandable. I, I know that, but you need to be very careful because that's the biggest complaint is that they say that people are slamming their car doors, and I can understand that. So it's just a food for thought. When I was going over there, people are like, okay, you need to take salsa classes, dancing classes is how you meet people. So I take a salsa class, get that, go- or, well, I, I went to a gala first because I'm like, you know, maybe I can just dance. Like the United States, you just kind of have a couple of drinks or dance and relax and vibe and out. But when you go into Colombia, people know how to actually dance with a partner. So you go over there and you're seeing the salsa, bachata, music is flowing, and the people are dancing, you're thinking, okay, this looks, it, I mean, it doesn't look completely easy, but it looks doable. And you're thinking, okay, blah, 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 blah. And then once you start dancing with somebody and the music is going and you have to keep up with the pace of the music, it's just not even an instructor or anything. It's just somebody that's in, in, in Colombia that just wants to dance. You start having where you're running into them by accident. You're like, whoa, it's like, if you don't keep up with the music and don't know how to lead and make sure that you're leading in the dancing, you're, it just doesn't work. That is a big thing over there. I've now noticed that if you don't know how to dance with a partner over there, it's going to be a big hindrance with you getting a girl because the girls, all of them love to dance over there. Uh, it's a nice thing about when you're at least in Miami that there's an abundance of dancing classes, which I'm going to need to take because once I go back to any foreign country, technically, I mean, any girl wants to, wants to dance. Um, so that way I can have a better way of doing things when I have it where somebody goes, hey, do you want to, you know, salsa? Do you want to bachata? Say for sure. Because if you don't know what you're doing, you're a hindrance on the dance floor to the partner that knows what they're doing. It's like saying that you're driving and uh, somebody's literally puts their their foot into and trying to put it in there and trying to brake from the passenger side. It's like, oh, you're stopping the whole movement of the car. It's like you, you keep hitting the brake there and you're just being a hindrance to somebody trying to drive the car, if that makes uh, any sense there. Other things are the people. Uh, very friendly, depending on where you're at. When you're in the tourist areas, a lot of the people are looking for you kind of as a cash cow. Just the way it is. It makes sense if the currency is not as strong and they're looking at you, hey, come to this store, come to this restaurant, blah, 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 blah. And they charge inflated prices like four or five times uh, 
the prices of the other restaurants in the outer skirts there. It's like in the tourist areas, might as well just say that it's American prices when you convert the Colombian pesos. But the whole point is, is to make sure that you speak a little bit of Spanish when you get there so that you can get the best experience. Because if you're speaking English, there's no way that you're getting the full experience of Colombia. Now, I do say that the the whole point of, of speaking Spanish, too, is to make sure that you can have it where if something doesn't feel right, you can switch to Spanish and ask some questions. Because if you speak Spanish, they don't really mess with you as much because they can't pull the wool over your eyes as if you literally don't speak a lick of, of Spanish at all. That, that I mean, that's just going to happen over there. There's really no remorse for that. And it's just like, hey, come over here. Yeah, do this. Uh, come smoke this hookah that's you know, $50 or $70, where if you go to a place that's, you know, a regular place, it could be maybe $15 or $20 for the hookah, maybe, you know, versus 70 or 50 And you're like, whoa. And the, the, the thing is, is like, I'm in Miami. I can tell you right now that I know that that's usually the going rate. But when you're looking at it from the currency conversion, you're like, well, you guys are charging like quintuple what this should be. And that's the whole point of trying to do your research, too, because if you're coming from the airport and it's about a 45 minute to an hour drive from Medellin Airport, depending on traffic, you have to know what you're getting yourself into because there's Uber and then there's the taxis and the taxis from one taxi to the other taxi. You need to ask them what what the cost is, you you know. You see, okay, this guy's charging me $20. That guy's charging me $38 when you know the conversion. And you're asking yourself, well, why? It's two yellow taxis. Why would one be, you know, worth more than the other? Because look, they know that you're coming from the United States or from another first world country that to you, that's nothing. But you really need to know what things are worth. So you're making sure you're getting charged the proper amount. And I knew. Looking at the online, that it's supposed to be about twenty dollars, which is about a hundred thousand Colombian pesos, around ninety to a hundred thousand from the airport to inside Medellin. You got to do your research, especially when you're going to a different country. It's not the United States where you can just ask in English and you can figure things out. Completely different. Another thing too is you got to be watching out for your phone because the iPhones are highly coveted. And a lot of people say that if a moto sees you on the phone and you're kind of by a big major highway or anything, when the people are on the motos, they can easily just snap that phone right out of your hand and just buzz right off into the highway. And what what are you going to do about it? So that's just kind of a downside. You have to be having it where you know where you're making your phone calls, either inside or with your back against the wall so that there's nobody can come behind you. So... A lot of different things you have to be aware of, and that's that's the the beauty of traveling out to different countries is because you learn how to adapt to different situations better, and that makes it in life easier for you to process certain things that you're not familiar with. Like, uh, okay, I'll give you an example. Over there, they had it where you know there was a wet floor sign. It actually was wet concrete. And I stepped into wet concrete. I'm like, they had a wet floor sign and where it's wet concrete. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, this would never, ever, ever happen in the United States. And you see it like where you're like looking at the bottom of your shoe. And it's like, oh, my God, this is concrete. Uh, so there's a lot of things I had to, you know, <laughs> put my foot into a puddle, wash that off and make sure it doesn't harden on my shoe. Just one of the many experiences you're like, this is a different way of life. And you go... And you see these these traffic lights, 
they are not very friendly for pedestrians. Once you see the little man turn green, just almost run because it goes literally from green to just red immediately. And when that thing hits red, all the cars are like a drag strip that take off. There's no delay whatsoever, like in the United States. It's it's literally a drag strip every single time. So you got to get moving across that street. And uh, the, the pollution there's not too bad. I mean, it, it's it's not that bad, but it is kind of where you can feel it after a while if you're in the middle of the city and not on the outskirts there. The the whole thing about it is is that, you know, AC also is not always readily available, especially if you're in some hotels. I feel like they, they have, I think the hotels have AC, but if you're in an Airbnb, a lot of them may have stick fans and you just have it where you leave your windows open. It's like, okay, well, that's different. But in Medellin, it's 72 degrees every day pretty much. So it's a pretty, I mean, pleasant. It's the land of eternal spring, they say. So not that bad in the weather department. So like uh, many things that are, are cheaper too is like food delivery. There's a app, which is the equivalence really of Uber Eats. It's called Rappi, R-A-P-P-I, Rappi. And you'll see a lot of these motorcycles in Colombia that have like, they'll say Rappi with a little like a mustache logo under it. That's like kind of their little logo. And that thing, you can get anything delivered. You could have like a Tylenol, a cheeseburger, and a case of water delivered by the same guy. And it is a fraction of what it costs. Like you could have a case of water, a cheeseburger, and Tylenol for like $10 with the tip and delivery. Unbelievable. And they always get there 20 minutes before the estimated delivery time. I'm not going to ask them how many traffic laws they're breaking, but it gets there really quick. So, I mean, there's there's so much to do when I go back to uh, Colombia. I want to visit Bogota. My next trip is going to be a cruise trip, so I'm not going to be making a couple uh, episodes here for a few weeks because I'll be on a cruise to six different countries, which will be interesting to do an observation station for cruise ships. So I can tell you the first time I've ever been on a cruise is this time because I couldn't go because of the pandemic before. Now I'm going to have it where I can give the observation of being on a cruise for 11 days. And there's probably a lot to see on there to report back to you as the listener here saying, hey, should I do a cruise or should I not if you've never done one before? I've already heard about the 24 hours of food that won me over. (laughs) So, uh, I mean, really what it comes down to traveling is do you want to expand your horizons and make it where your life is a lot more open to new experiences or do you just want to have it where you see the same stuff over and over and over and over again i really do implore anybody that has it where they need to get a passport to go to somewhere even if it's mexico or anywhere you know maybe not canada but uh just to figure out different kinds of countries, maybe developing countries to see how blessed you are in a lot of the first world amenities and then take it where you can learn a lot of ways of life in different countries to say, you know, that's a good philosophy because there's a lot of people that you you have different ways of thinking that might be a good positive way that in the United States, it may not be readily prevalent to be thought of as uh, a certain observation or philosophy. Never can hurt to have it where you have more ideas and to see if they are well implemented in your daily schedule. 
So with that being said there, uh, like I said, it's going to be a couple weeks. I'll be gone on an 11-a-day cruise, and uh, I want to have it where I can show you guys the cruise ship perspective of six countries in 11 days. A lot to see. Once I get off on the cruise and get to the port and walk around, there'll be stuff that I can take mental notes for the show here. I appreciate, though, the loyal listening uh, from people here. I really have it where once I, I get this show more consistent to have uh, suggestions from my viewers to say, hey, Tommy, look, this is a pretty good topic that we'd love to hear your take on this. I can write that down and have it where it's just so much that I want to tell you guys, though the listener needs to tell me what they would like to hear. But right now I'm going to do my best putting out the content that I feel that would be best for you guys to have a, a consumable podcast. It's about, you know, 15, 20 minutes, something like that, that again is just easy for you to pass on to friends or anybody that you feel like it would be a good podcast for them to listen to in the car or while they're taking their, you know, jog around the block or something like that. So again, I appreciate you guys for sticking around for all this time here. It's the new year, 2023. Like I said, with the 2023 resolutions, let's kick this off. Things are going to be great. Keep the things positive. If things aren't good, you know what? They're good. Now they're good. If things aren't good, now they're good. All right, guys. So with that being said, you guys have a great rest of your day. I will talk to you guys in a few weeks. All right. So bye-bye. You've been listening to the Observation Station. We find everyday life and everyday situations hilarious. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And be sure to tell a friend about the show. That would help too. See you next time on the Observation Station.